Hello and welcome to Plotress. This is Meg. This is Lane. And today we're talking about How to Tame a Wild Rogue by Julia M. Long. This was just published in 2023 and is the sixth book in the Palace of Rogues series. And in full disclosure, we did receive a complimentary advanced reader copy from Avon. Thank you, Avon. And we have reviewed every previous book in the series. Every single book. This series in general is super strong. We really like it. I think there's only one that we like weren't in love with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that one it wasn't even fair that we weren't in love with it. <laughs> I don't know. So what is this book about, Meg? Well, Lane, he clawed his way up from the gutters of St. Giles to the top of a shadowy empire. Feared and fearsome, battered and brilliant, Nothing shops Lorcan St. Ledger. Not even the discovery of an aristocratic woman escaping out a window near the London docks on the eve of the storm of the decade. They find shelter at a boarding house called the Grand Palace on the Thames, only to find greater dangers await inside. Desperate, destitute, and jilted, Lady Daphne Worth knows the clock is ticking on her last chance to save herself and her family, an offer of a loveless marriage. But while the storm rages and roads flood, she and the rogue who rescued her must pose as husband and wife in order to share the only available suite. Crackling enmity gives way to incendiary desire and certain heartbreak. Lorcan is everything she never dreamed she'd wanted, but he can never be what she needs. But risk is child's play to St. Ledger. And if the stakes are a lifetime of loving and being loved by Daphne, he'll move any mountain, confront any old nemesis, to turn never into forever. I mean, it's a little over the top, but um, that's kind of lurking. Yeah. So I'm fine with it. Like, honestly, that last sentence, I am fine with it. I like this whole jacket, and I'm not going to lie to you. I think it gets across the, like, Lorcan is the, like, dangerous sexy. Uh-huh. And, like, the ridiculous sexy. And I'm, yes? like, I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. He's the pirate sexy, but, like, not a gross pirate. But also, some pirates are more, like, crafty than imposing. Yeah. He's imposing. Like, he's mm-hmm. a physical presence in both, like, personality and size. Uh-huh. Like, this is the old 90s, like, virile romance hero in a 2003 veneer. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yes. And I have. That, maybe that's not always my thing, but it was my thing here. It was my thing here, too. I don't know. Okay. As usual, we generated a random number between 1 and 50 and used that number as our word count to write our own summaries. And this week, that number is 44. Mm-hmm. On the first, Daphne is super lucky that the man she met in a dark alley was the good kind of pirate and the first person in her life pretty much ever to care about her well-being. Plus, she's super hot, so it goes exactly as expected. Yeah. You know, I love those expectations. I love Me I love when love when heroes meet expectations. Too. Yeah. Yeah. 
All right, here's mine. When the weather outside is frightful and the fire is so delightful, pretend like you're married so you can share the last suite in the boarding house. No, this isn't a Christmas novel. The weather is just terrible. And Daphne and Lorcan share a room. And TBH, that's this whole book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't need more. That's what Julianne Long teaches you here. You don't need anything more than two hot people sharing a room and pretending to be married because the weather outside is so bad that you just have to stay inside. Correct. You don't need more? No, I didn't need more. Uh, absolutely. Neither did Daphne. So that said, <laughs> there's some tropes just inherent in all of that that I think there we need some. to dive into. Did I say they pretended to be married? Mm-hmm. So that's like a fake relationship, right? And it's the subtrope of pretend to be married where it was not premeditated or planned. Mm -hmm. They were asked in the moment about their situation and that was the convenient lie. Mm -hmm. It's this is the this is the part in the movie. This is like a movie trope too, where they you they the characters look at each other and they're like, Yeah, we're married. Yeah. <laughs> Correct. Um Again, this is forced proximity, the weather-based type. Right. So, <laughs> apparently this is just rain. A but lot it's of so rain. so intense that, like, roads are flooded. Yes. So, during certain parts of the book, some days the rain is slightly less bad and they can run local errands. Mm-hmm. Other days it's so bad they're basically stuck inside, but they're completely stuck in their little, like, three-block radius. Mm-hmm. It seems really specific. And my brain went, mm, don't care. Nope. Zero. Zero. Uh, did I think hard about this and think, ah, did they really get stuck on the docks? No. Not like not once did I think, oh, it seems like she could really get out of there if she wanted to. Mm -mm. Lulz. Didn't care. No, not at all. Um, Only one room. Yeah. So it's twist because it's a suite with multiple bedrooms so it's not only one bed i want to be Correct. really clear it's the and, last the last suite in the inn and so and the other reason like there's sort of two reasons they're pretending to be husband and wife one is only one room but two is they both sort of don't want to explain why they're actually there mm -hmm. so even if another solution could be found this one enables them to trade on each other's legitimacy mm -hmm. to mutual benefit. Yes. And then this is also the trope of what a coincidence we both know every single person in this boarding house. I thought it was fun. Every other book in the Grand Palace on the Thames series has had to do with like previous boarders or, you know, somebody who was introduced in the last book. And in this book, you got two brand new characters, but... Oh my God, they're both random people from each other's past. I loved it. I, I actually really loved it. I, every single time one of them would meet someone who they knew, like again, I instead of being like, oh my God, this is so dumb, I'd be like, oh my God, yes. Like rub my hands together. I will say that element of the book does mean that I think the main couple got less page time. Mm -hmm. And I really enjoyed this whole book, but it sort of felt like a novella romance in a novel length book because all of the other characters 
Yeah. Need it. Like there are whole scenes between Dot and Pike. Yeah. There are whole scenes between Angelica and Lucian and uh oh god, Delilah and mm-hmm. the captain. Mm-hmm. So if you actually added up just the scenes with the main couple, it's a long novella more than a novel. And I didn't always feel like it's a, it's a question of what was necessary, right? Because it's not like these secondary character scenes were adding to the plot of the love story, but they all worked really well in the story. Mm-hmm. It was just like an interesting thing to reflect back on and notice. Yeah. It's interesting that you say that, especially since we just talked about the tropes mm-hmm. being this is all you need. Yeah. I think that you are correct that these specific tropes would work really well as a novella right thinking back i'm like wait maybe i was thinking about this christmas thing because of like that christmas novella that we just read where they're on a trip their carriage breaks down it starts to snow they have to pretend to be married because there's only one room left at this these people's houses well and if you also think about it like one of the things novellas get to do away with is sort of secondary characters because you just say okay these two people are stuck together and it's all about the two of them intellectually processing what they mean to each other all of the secondary characters here for all that they're from the hero and heroine's past are not really a part of their lives Mm -hmm. so you get to do away with introducing her friends or her family or his friends or his family and i think if this had been just a novel of the two of them their exterior lives would have needed to be fleshed out a lot more yeah. But because of the way Julianne Long structured it, she got away with a novella's hero and heroine in the context of a beloved series where we care a lot about the secondary characters who are sort of related to the main couple. Yeah. I had not thought about that before we talked about it, but I think that's a really interesting point. Um, I mean, this book, to be clear, really worked for me. I'm not saying that it's a complaint. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, like, it was pretty evident to me and an interesting thing to do as the sixth book in a beloved series. Yeah. It wasn't the reunion special. Nope. It was very much like a soap opera. And I don't say that derogatorily like I usually do where like the B plots, there were a lot of them and they mattered. Uh Uh-huh. All right. She made the setup work. And for all this is a novella structure, there was a lot of emotion and their happily ever after felt really earned in my yes. opinion. So she just, in terms of additional tropes, he's the kid who grew up on the docks who made his way to success. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's the parentified daughter of an aristocrat who was raised to kind of care for the people around her and to um, had her prospect of happiness and marriage fall through and so she's now a spinster mm-hmm. oh and her father gambled away her dowry very specifically trope mm-hmm. trope okay okay let's talk about oh hurt comfort f- hurt comfort he almost drowns she has to take care of him oh yeah i was like what are you talking about she just has to oh you mean and the- there's gambling there's kiss there's kiss bets kiss bets you mean that it's it's getting cold in here I'm I'm all wet, and so I have to take off all my clothes so you can make me warm. Yes, but it was less sexy. 
sadly it was actually like life or I don't mean that as an insult like it was actually a dangerous medical situation yeah but also sexy at the same time a little yeah Just she's less like sexy than this is usually usually it's an excuse to strip down correct he was in medical need he was gonna die yeah but he didn't though because he didn't though him. spoiler alert they end up together <laughs> I never would have guessed. <laughs> okay, let's talk let's talk about the secondary characters. Cuz I thought that Julianne Long did something really interesting about this book. Uh two of the characters, so the two recurring characters in the series. There are several recurring characters, but the two that are in every single book are Delilah and Angelique. Mm-hmm. The first book is about Delilah and Angelique joining forces and buying, you know, renovating this boarding house. And now they're the co-owners and co-managers of the boarding house. Right. And so they live there. They're, the first two books in the series are their love stories. They've fallen in love. And in, in the other books, we just get to see their extended happily ever after epilogues. Right. Which is usually just very satisfying and really fun. And I never feel like Julianne Long is putting too much in there. Right. It's never a time we've complained before where we're like, okay, this couple just showed up so that you could be like, oh, look, they're happy together, whatever. They actually feel like they're part of the story, um, but that they are just happily married and that's part of their life now. Well, this book, they're both of them, Angelique and Delilah, have some marital strife. And I just really, I was just really impressed that Julianne Long allowed them to not be perfectly happily ever after forever. Right. And I I think when we talk about relationships in real life, we talk about the honeymoon period. We talk about Mm -hmm. the like, you get to live in a bubble, the real world sort of isn't bearing down on your relationship. You get to fall in love and do whatever kind of inoculated from outside stressors and this is the book where like outside stressors are challenging them the marital problems aren't driven internally they're driven by external stress that results in poor communication in all situations i thought it was really well done Mm -hmm. like it didn't make the love story feel less real no it didn't or like cheated or like oh man this wouldn't have worked it just it's it's a moment of this isn't a bubble anymore Mm-hmm. And for any characters that are now in their sixth book in a series, like it's authentic that that bubble doesn't last forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would, I don't want to be like, oh, I loved that they were having, that they were fighting. Right. But I, I loved that they continue to get this character development. It felt like a conflict that was inevitable in both cases. Mm-hmm. And... In general, I don't read Julianne Long as like a particularly feminist author. She's not anti-feminist in any way, but I'm not like, oh, I'm going to be reading this book and there's going to be like progressive values throughout. Right. Right. That said, I really liked that part of the relationship conflict for both Delilah and Angelique was related to their husband's idea or their husband's view that they are supposed to be the ones supporting the family. Mm -hmm. And 
even though there's a clear separation in like, this is my boarding house, the men do not own shares in the boarding house. That's completely Delilah and Angelique. They felt that they had some kind of say in running it. Right. And that that almost a professional conflict rather than like a marital conflict. Right. I thought it was super interesting, very complex and, um, a really interesting examination of gender roles, especially from Julianne Long. And it then also resulted in some really great moments of female and male friendship mm-hmm. in rocking through it. There's a really cute tie-in with what's going on with the main couple where they're not sleeping in the same room for the night. So then the secondary characters also aren't. Loved what it meant for the secondary characters. Despised the scene despised i knew you would hate it i read it i of course i thought it was hilarious i thought it was vile and unnecessary i knew you i knew you wouldn't be able to handle it i knew it i knew it as i was reading it i thought oh trigger warning for lane yeah it was just gross trigger warning flatulence unnecessary (laughs) i okay i thought it was so cute because Tristan and Lucien share a bed because they get kicked out, right? Um, let's see. Delilah and Angelique share a bed. Yes, Delilah and Angelique. So I'm trying to I'm trying to remember. Daphne shares a bed with the cat. Yeah, Daphne shares a bed with the cat, and Lorcan shares a bed with Delacorte. It was gross, and I hated we it. We all know Delacorte is the most disgusting human being. Well, maybe not the most disgusting, but. He's the most disgusting human being in the the Grand Palace on the Thames. He's just very gauche. Mm-hmm. And gross. Mm-hmm. And I could not. I knew. I I actually, as I was reading it, I, like, knew. I knew you were going to I dock a whole half star for that. <laughs> I knew you weren't going to. I knew it would be an, an issue for you. I was honestly. not happy. I knew it. I knew it. If you like fart jokes, you'll be fine. If you don't, just know that this is going to be maximum four and a half stars for you. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. One of the other things I love about Julianne Long in general, but also specifically about this book, is that she knows what it's like to have a cat as a pet. Right. Like, you know that she knows what cats are like. Correct. There's there's a specific part in here that I thought was so funny. Like, Lorcan and Daphne are having this moment, this, like, moment of connection where they're just sitting together in the room and everything is quiet. And she writes, everything was quiet except for the cat licking himself. And I was like, yeah, I like accurate. Accurate. Where's the lie? Yeah, and like other times she'd be like, the house was quiet except for the little pitter-patter that you hear of a cat. And I'm like, yeah. (laughs) Also accurate. Um, I really liked the commentary that the hero and the heroine sort of implicitly had about the other characters we've come to know and love in the Grand Palace. Mm -hmm. Like... We know that Delilah was, 
you know, somebody who was raised up into the aristocracy through a good marriage. And so getting to meet someone from her youth who sort of had the reverse trajectory was really fun. And I think as you put it, I'll, I'll leave it to you to discuss uh, Tristan and Lorcan. Oh, well, Tristan and Lorcan grew up together as well. And they both are extremely successful in their fields, except that Lorcan is basically like Tristan's evil twin. Tristan went into, like, blockading, and Lorcan went into blockade running. Right. Like, he's a smuggler, and Tristan catches smugglers. And Tristan's, like, very black and white morality does Mm -hmm. not enable him to, like, have any sympathy at all. Mm-hmm. For Lorcan, whereas Lorcan actually sort of really likes and respects Tristan. Yeah, Lorcan's like, I wish we could be friends, but especially now that he's gone on the straight and narrow. Yep. Mm-hmm. He's like, look, would I, would I have loved to be a, a a blockade captain? Yeah, I would have fucking loved it. But guess what? No one gave me that opportunity. Right. So but he's not he resentful was... of Tristan. He just no. like isn't ashamed of making the choices he had to make to survive. Exactly. There's a really good line in the book where he says, like, he's really proud of the way he's done his work, but he's not proud of the work. Of the work. Yes, I thought I loved it, Lane. Loved it. And I was like, yeah, that's where you and Tristan get to be different. Tristan is also proud of the way he does his work and is also proud of the work. Yep. Mm-hmm. So good. It was so good. I really liked it. I also really liked how there were these really small moments where you could see how compatible these two were. Mm-hmm. So there's a part where she's she's thinking about how she always has these little thoughts about things. Like, I always think about, like, why I like oranges or why I like the stars. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, well, my old fiancé, he just wasn't into it. So I kind of just have put that aside. And Lorcan's just like, tell me why you like oranges. And she like tells him, he's like, wow, that's that's really great. You know, it's just like these little, little moments that are just so sweet. It reminds me of the Taylor Swift lyric about how her former boyfriend never liked it when she wore high heels, but she liked wearing them. Mm-hmm. And now the new boyfriend like doesn't have an opinion. Yeah. But like likes her being herself. Mm-hmm. Begin again. Um <laughs> But it was really evocative in the same way. Like, it's a little moment that says so much about what she's endured in the past from people who didn't appreciate her for who she was and the Mm -hmm. fact that, like, he values this in her because it's a unique perspective. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I liked it. And then, of course, just the very specific gifts that he gets her. There's also some, like, stilted communication and some stupid fights and, frankly, like, some obvious solutions that are decided on a little too late that in another context would frustrate me. But, like, they have a week. Yeah. Like, I'm fine with the fact that they weren't perfect at communicating with each other or willing to commit to a lifetime together. Like, even though her options were shit, because, again, they've known each other for, like, six fucking days. And, uh, honestly, they're... There, most of the time when I read a romance that has a very truncated time time frame like this, which is relatively often because that's what romances are about, I kind of have to overlook that. And I'm like, oh, you know, they got married in three months, but whatever, they love each other. Here, that was part of the entire relationship development and relationship conflict. And they're like, we've known each other for like seven days. 
is and it's funny because you and I have talked before especially in older romance novels about how sometimes we're like girl pick the security what the fuck Mm -hmm. and she's sort of on the verge of doing that she has a choice here yes well I I loved that actually I loved that she had a choice it wasn't like it wasn't like us being like oh my god Mary Lorcan you're you know you need to save your family right she had a different option other than Lorcan. And I, I thought that made the relationship even better. I agree. But it also, like, it, her meeting Lorcan also gave her a reason to hesitate about something that she otherwise would have been her only choice. I just, I really like the way all of it was done. Mm-hmm. I agree. Okay. Um, I loved his declaration when he declared himself. Yeah, it was really good. So good. A lot of times I'm like, eh, it's a little cheesy. No, I didn't think that this time. Nope. So good. And the epilogue lane? It was really, 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 really good. It it has some stuff that I don't generally like. Mm-hmm. But it was long. It was, well, yeah, but the, I kind of feel like that's Grand Palace on it. That's like Palace of Rogues epilogue style. <laughs> yeah. You are correct. It's a very long epilogue. However... I really liked it. I was so into this. It was episode. really good. I'm not trying to diminish its goodness. I'm just pointing out that it's it, like a novella it was, in and of itself. It was real long. It was very long. You're correct. The epilogue of the second book is like also like 50 pages. <laughs> yeah, it's it was it was chapters. Yep, it was real long. It's real long. I don't know. We're 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 pretty far into this. I have more things to discuss, but. We don't have to. Okay, content warnings. So I think we've kind of talked about a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Um, she's been parentified and looked over and treated like property, like kind of her whole life and is very like beat down. Like mm-hmm. she hides a lot of really vital parts of herself because no mm-hmm. one's ever appreciated them. And like, it's really sad. Like she's not a, her life has not been happy for all that it's right. been very privileged. Yeah. Flip side, his life has been a struggle bus. Like he was a child who had to like steal to survive, but has sort of unashamedly owned him like who he is as an adult mm-hmm. in a way she hasn't gotten to. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I would say in this case, I guess content warning for like child abuse and child neglect it's not, it is not like explicitly on the page or anything like that. But if, if those things are triggering for you, be aware. Yeah. That's all I got. Sexiness. Flatulence. Oh, oh yes. Well, I already said that. I need it to be clear, Meg. There's some, I'm not even going to say it because Lane is going to like throw up in her mouth. Trigger Thank warning, you. flatulence. Yeah. Trigger warning, Delacorte. <laughs> Pre-warning Delacorte. Okay, <laughs> sexiness. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, this one was good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I really liked, so this is where it did not do the novella thing. Because mm-hmm. often novellas, in the name of getting, like, a lot of sexy times in, just inherently they have to hit the gas pedal and not let up, and it's not really about character development. I loved 
their first kiss and their second kiss and like how all of that broke down. I felt like, yeah, it was only over a couple of days, but I really respected that. Like she wasn't like, okay, I know I'm only going to have like 15 chapters with these two couples. So I've got to get a sex scene. Like she let it be a really sexy seduction. Mm -hmm. And it It meant when it finally was paid off, it was so good. It was a slow burn, but, but a very sexy slow burn. So sexy. Like, it was... There are three really sexy scenes before they ever, like, get their clothes off. Mm -hmm. The only thing... The only thing I would change is there's this one scene where they're, like, very hot and heavy. And then he's, he's like, I gotta go. And he's like, you better touch yourself because that's what I'm gonna do. And I was like, no, 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 no. I just... Just you do it. Just do it, please. Just for me, as the reader... (laughs) You know, that was the only I do. thing. That you, thank you, Lane. I was like, I can't be the only one who felt like this. I'm torn because, like, I thought, like, the leaving was, I got why it made sense. I, I got it. Okay. E- even if he still had to leave, I, I, okay, I know this is, maybe I'm just, like, a pervert. But, like, I needed, I needed her finishing herself. Especially if, like, he could have talked her through it. Mm-hmm. Yes, that also would have, if he was like, you need to touch yourself, I will stand over here. Also Or like, I will lock myself behind the door and we will just like sit in these separate rooms. Yes. Because you, and and I think the issue is that there's the POV, the point of view stays with him. And so, you know, he finishes himself, which, you know, we love a good solo session. So that's not a problem. But it's not really a good solo session, though. It's not a good solo. You're correct. It's not a good solo it's session. It's a... Been, you you, you fast there. forward, like, five minutes. Yeah. You see him leaving her, and then you have him reflecting on, I just got myself off. I hope she did the same. Yeah. And I I needed to... I, <laughs> I'm just... I'm like, I, I sound just, like, disgusting, like this disgusting old lady. But I really wanted them to, like... I wanted to read both of them getting themselves off. Done. It was a weird place to cut it off. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, the tension I, sort of went nowhere. And I got that as the reader, you were left feeling the way they felt. And she made up for it. I think it was a good plot device. This is where I'm struggling. But I was also in the moment like, you fucking kidding me? Yep, yep, yep. Uh-huh. Yeah. Totally. So I, I don't even it. think I'm complaining about it. I'm just acknowledging that yeah. there is a moment where you as the reader are like, what the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> and about like the sex scene ending right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway. I really loved this one. Uh-huh. Me too. I loved it. Like Un- a lot. Unfortunately, you can only have four and a half stars, right? Like- <laughs> I know. Here's the thing. I don't usually do this. I'm going to reread this and I'm going to skip that chapter. (laughs) I'm just going to like, I will not, I will always remember it just enough to never read it again. (laughs) And that will make it better for me. So this will become a five-star book. Once I can get that one scene eradicated from my brain forever. Thank you. (laughs) I'm sorry. I do not have a single dramatic bone in my body. No. 
You're the most level-headed person I know. Just, there's there's no, cool as a cucumber, smooth mm-hmm. sailing, mm-hmm. emotionally level. <laughs> so what I'm hearing is you're going to reread, like, the end of this book after, after we finish this call. Oh, yeah, no, that's what I'm, I'm going to do while I make meringue. Yeah, fair. Well, guys. So, I mean, I, I think we've made it very clear, but read this book. Yeah, read it. It's real good. Thank you so much for listening.